As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I can't begin to explain the fear that I had at the beginning of this week. Arsenal have been pretty good for most of the season, even if they've had a bit of a wobble recently. City, meanwhile, have been a bit hit and miss, mainly miss, since the World Cup. And after all the -the off-the-field turbulence last week, there was the real and present danger of some on-the-field turbulence this week. And what scared me most about all that was that I knew that today's Why Always Us was going to be the final episode. And you've no idea how much I was dreading finishing on a bad note. So thank goodness City ran out 3-1 winners at the Emirates and went back to the top of the table. I'm David Mooney. I am joined for one final outing by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. I bet you're just as relieved as I am, aren't you? <laughs> well, I mean, we we can't say for sure that City dug deep and pulled out that performance. Just we could have a, a good way to... <laughs> to end. To be, to, to be sent off. But also, we can't rule it out. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, it's it's the sort of thing that I think uh, they, they they were probably in the build up to that game going. Listen, you know, David and Sam, we need to give them a send off. We need to yeah. like we we really need to pull it out the bag for them. And in fact, they'd be surprised if Guardiola hadn't pinned that up on the dressing room at half time. You know, listen, lads, get your act together. David and Sam have got a show to do. It. Yeah, we have got a show to do, and <laughs> it's going to need energy because getting back from London at half three in the morning is, <laughs> as as he knows himself, you know, four hours twenty back to London. Tough, back, yeah, tough journey, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a t- it's a tough gig. So, yeah, fair play to them. They 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 did us they did us a favour, and I suppose probably unbeknownst to them at the time. But obviously, if they hadn't won, they went top of the Premier League. I'm sure they weren't thinking of that though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a byproduct of the whole week, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just quickly, so were you were you were you behind the wheel last night, or were you uh, thankfully not? Uh, no, I don't mind driving. I don't, I'd rather. I'd rather be driving in those situations. Oh, fair enough. Um, I'd yeah. rather, I, I, I can sleep in a car, you see, though, so uh, I'm quite yeah, happy no, for somebody else to do that. No, I don't really bother with that. Yeah, right. I'll push through. Well, we came back from Dortmund overnight, um, came back with Jack and Jack Gordon, Cybrakowski, and them two were catching flies at Dortmund Airport <laughs> at like six in the morning, and I was just wandering around, like checking out the gates and trying to find food and stuff. Like I'll just, I'll just stay awake until it's time to get home, and then I'm like, right now, let's have a good old sleep. Yeah. But I didn't have that last night. Anyway, terrible podcast. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we always we keep saying as well, don't we? That nobody should start podcasts by just chatting about how the week's been and nope. what we've done for two and a half minutes. Oh well. Uh, yeah. Right. What so are we going to do? Take what, us off air. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm going to start this week, Sam, uh, properly by uh, taking Guardiola's answer to your question in the. Uh, post-Arsenal press conference because I think it was a brilliant question to get to the heart of what we've been talking about lately. Uh, You very simply asked Guardiola if uh, the team felt like uh, his team again. This is what he said. Yeah, today we won, but uh, if you are second second on the table, you can never disappear. But of course, after winning back-to-back Premier League, always had the feeling that we need a little bit more and more. That's why in the last weeks, we talk a lot about that, but I said yesterday the mood and the way the training and the concentration focus uh, was there, and especially for the fact that we knew it in the software and, and be resilient in the bad moments. The first half was they were better. We were not able to make an extra passes. Uh, we were soft. Maybe my plan was not good. We allowed them to play comfortably. In the second half, we make a step forward. We, I think we were more aggressive. Bernardo 
jam much better to Odegaard and Ruben jam better to Odegaard and they could not have an extra player in the middle and that helps us to regain balls in higher on the pitch that is where we feel comfortable. Erling today helped us a lot because against man-to-man to them and being so, so aggressive, just your man frees the keeper. And of course, his long balls against Saliba Gabriel is not easy. He used his power to win that ball, to, to make a runners afterwards. So, and that's why we won the game. Yeah, so Guardiola thought it felt a lot more like City. Did you feel it, it looked a lot more like City? Um, well, I suppose performance-wise, not really. But then, it's, do you remember what we said about the FA Cup game? And everyone was kind of looking for signs, weren't they, in that Arsenal game? Our City back. How's the reaction? But it was never going to be a City performance when they mark man-to-man and so aggressively it just becomes that long ball game. So it's not, It's never going to be a classic City game. But in terms of all those kind of intangible things and just... But that's what I wrote my article on, basically, because there was just so many things that just made you think, this is just going against City. Um, you know, giving away the penalty, which was a strange penalty, at least. Maybe we'll go into it, maybe we don't, but who cares. Um, and then City getting a penalty, but it being over, overturned for offside... Like a goalkeeper, a, a goalkeeper for, being booked for time wasting in yeah, the first I mean, that, half. Like, that is City fans are. I, I hit the roof over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah, like wait for Guaita or Areola to get booked. Like, four minutes to go at the Etihad <laughs> when the damage has been done. Yeah, yeah, and then like Walker getting booked for like being off the pitch, but then just having to boot it. I've not seen a replay, but just basically feeling like he had to boot it. I don't know. And then Bernardo getting booked for like loads of fouls. Um, Grealish getting booked for you know it was that classic thing of Grealish had done a good dribble looked like he was going to get a corner kick back off him gets a goal kick you just think oh this isn't happening then he gets booked for descent and again like the, all these things are absolutely fine it's not saying all oh, the, the decisions went against City or whatever it was just it would have been easy to feel like I oh, fuck this this is this yeah. is going against, against us, us. Yeah. and like and you know that that has been kind of how they've been recently you know when Guardiola was talking after that after that famous home Spurs game when he said a million different things but he was talking about complaining wasn't he he was like if we complain we were complaining and all this kind of stuff and then he used the word complain last night he was like in these situations he mentioned the penalty like both kind of penalty incidents and they said hitting the bar from the you know no he said the, the chance from the free kick which I think he means hitting the bar you know when Rodgers header came off Ake's foot and he was like these things went against us but like we didn't like on another another time maybe we would have um, been disappointed and complained, but that that was so. Yeah, that was the bit where to dig. It's digging deep, isn't it? It's all. There's so many cliches about in football, and you know I normally rail against most of them, but there's like they dug deep, and it was a big win. Like those were, like it was character, it was mentality, it was all that kind of base level shite, which is actually <laughs> important um, that they showed. And if it's just simply put the. The Spurs defeat was 10 days before that. And if they played like they had at Spurs, they would have got absolutely battered. Yeah. But they were they were there, you know, in Guardiola's words. They were there. That was that was his team. And yeah, like performance-wise, not necessarily, but it's not going to be a classic city performance against a setup like that. And obviously they had like 36% possession or whatever it was. Um, but in terms of all those stuff you need to to win a title, they had it. And like when it when it went to 3-1 in the stadium, it just felt like shock in there. Like the atmosphere just kind of drained out of the place. Yeah, like, how's this happened? Absolute killer, wasn't it? That uh, I mean, the atmosphere in my living room was was absolutely jubilant at that point. I'm yeah. not going to lie, because um, it, it would have been it, a hell of an away end to be in. Yeah, it was one of those. The goal when the goal went in, like even that, like I, I know, like I know teams have come back from three one and like late on, like two goals late on is it's not the most unheard of thing, but. It, like it's what it was one of the it, as soon as that goal went in you just kind of felt that's it it's safe City are not they're, they're not stupid enough to let this go if that makes sense yeah I mean I because of what was there about ten, there was about nine minutes to about, go yeah nine, time, eight, nine minutes so for to be fair for a while I did think I'd still be careful yeah but then after after we got towards you know like 88 minutes or something I was like oh no okay this this is it isn't it um but yeah it just City actually being clinical I, like getting chances and putting them away, like who knew? Who knew that might happen? Uh, I mean, this this might not make sense, and I don't know if I've thought this through fully. But um, Grealish said on Amazon after the game that he thought Arsenal were the better team, 
And I can kind of see what it means because in the first half, I didn't think I, I didn't think City were very good. I thought City were quite bad in the first half, but I thought they were bad in a good way, not in the way that they've been bad in recent games like Spurs or United, if that makes sense. Like that, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I felt yeah. like they were they were like they they were bad under Arsenal's pressure, but they were trying to do the things that would make them good if they got it right. I don't know if that makes sense because that's the sort of thing that that. Like Guardiola will say, well, we were doing those things at Spurs and against United as well, and and like they just weren't coming off or like, but it, it just it felt like it was almost there, and it it just wasn't quite working. Rather than it just was nowhere near. It was Arsenal were just Arsenal were just better. Um, I kind of wrote a short summary for like a, a a blog that was on the Athletic, but even at the time, I typed it, and I thought I'm not really sure about that. And, yeah. I, and I, I reckon people who read it, like even just in our work channel, would have thought, "What's this guy talking about?" Because I was kind of like, "Because hmm. I felt like Arsenal weren't massively threatening, and because the penalty was a bit of a strange one, it felt to an extent like City were unlucky." Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go in at one all, you know, they could have easily been one nil. But then it's like they didn't, it didn't actually do much of it themselves, and Arsenal did have more chances, and they seemed more threatening. So. They, yeah, they they were poor. Obviously, Arsenal were better. City were poor in the first half, or fairly poor. To be honest, at halftime, I thought they would lose. Um, that's what I thought, if I'm being honest. Um, but not in the kind of yeah Spurs way, where if they had have actually been poor, Arsenal would have been winning. Like, I'm I'm just sure of it. And and again, it just goes back to there's that basic level of being switched on and being intense. Like the Bernardo Silva fouls were there because the fullbacks had to be really aggressive, and when when Arsenal's wingers got the balls into feet, they had to go up and, and challenge them. And if you think about the third goal, City won the ball back because Walker, I can't remember who it would have been, um, was I guess it was Trossard on by that point. Yeah. So I'm going to guess it was Trossard. Walker pushed up and won the ball off Trossard and then Rodri gave the ball to Gundogan. Gundogan, Gundogan's so good. He just, you know, got the ball, turned towards goal, played it to De Bruyne, then played it to Haaland and it was 3-1. But it was because of that aggressive approach and... With the thing about De Bruyne's goal, obviously it was a it was a great finish, but I think if he's chasing that down and he's just kind of going through the motions, he's never going to get that back pass. If he's just kind of going, oh yeah, well, Tommy is going to play yeah. this back to Ramsdale, then you know whatever. But he was alert, he was alert, and he was alive. And if you're not that in that game, not only is he not there for that opportunity and to take the opportunity, but I just don't think you're there across the pitch. And obviously that's just one player, but I, I felt that with the rest of them as well. Like it wasn't great; it wasn't all coming together. And Arsenal were the better side, and as Guardiola said, then they had like they had the extra man in midfield. Obviously, City were looking for it, but Arsenal were very good at generating it as well. Um, and they had the more passing angles, and they were able to dominate the ball better. But like at least there was that switched onness, you know. Another another classic phrase. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, as the old saying goes, and, and and yeah, and just the just the the aggression and the concentration that was all there. Like the tactical side of it, not so much. Um, the technical side of it, not so much. Um, you know, Guardiola was saying. I think we'll talk about this later. But Guardiola was saying, you know, in these games, you need to take a few touches. Um, and he said only Grealish did that. He said Mara's a bit, but only really Grealish. Um, and I can't remember if we did this because I did an article on Grealish at the start of the season in, in, in terms of like, this is what he actually needs to do. This is what he's actually told by Guardiola to do. And I can't remember if we put it in or not, but there was a part of it like, people kind of assume that with Pep, it's all like, it has to be one touch or two touches. But it's kind of like, like everything, there's a, there's a time and a place. Yeah. And, and you know, this is the whole thing about Grealish and Mahrez, they play because they can slow the game down. And I've kind of held my hands up to this. I was like, I always, I've always kind of focused on that point, or I've made the case of that point. You know, they slow the game down, they help City control it, but also they know how to speed it up. So obviously, there's a time and a place for the one or two touches, but there's a time and a place for Bernardo taking like 15 touches, running around in circles, attracting three players to him, and then finding the pass to the spare man. There's a time and a place for Grealish. How, like every game since the World Cup, and maybe before, but I've only noticed it recently, Grealish has basically dribbled towards his own box. Have you noticed this? Yeah. Like it'll be halfway back in City's half, and he'll skin like three of their forwards like, running back towards Edison, and then he'll like pass the ball to Walker or Myers or something. Like he's all he's always doing that kind of thing, and that's the kind of approach that City needed. They needed to get their foot on the ball 
and attract players in and just keep it. But none of them were really doing it apart from Grealish. And obviously we'll get to him. But yeah. Yeah, I have, I have, I have noticed it because there's a fellow who sits behind me about oh about about five or six seats to the left who uh, who constantly shouts for Grealish to, to dribble it forwards. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, as you said, Sam, there's no doubt it was a big win. Um, here's what Guardiola had to say about the positive situation that it's left City in. We won in Emirates against Arsenal. He made 50 points in one leg. Uh, of course, now. So I, I saw the game against Everton and Brentford last two these two days. And they were much better. Football, you can lose, <laughs> yeah, but they were much better. So the quality is there. The 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 impact of how the way they play, the opponents have to adapt. What they are doing is there. So still they are. They have one game left. So they are. I consider they are top of the league. There's still many games to play. Now Champions is coming. Europa League is coming. Many games difficult for everyone. So, but important is the fact that. Could come here a few weeks ago, maybe with eight, nine points behind, with Gangamin left. Losing here will be almost over. And uh, and now for the fact that uh, they drop points, we came here for the chance to be close. We won the game, and yeah, we are there. But so far, they got more result, better result than us. That is a reality. So, given that uh, City have looked not that great lately, um, how big is it to go back on top of the table, albeit with a, a, a game more played? Um, just because I mean, I, I thought after the derby they didn't seem to have the fight for this season, um, and then last kind of certainly first half against Villa, and then definitely throughout the game against uh, against Arsenal, I'm seeing the spirit that kind of hasn't been there that that un, that intangible thing we were talking about um, to the point where yeah, sure they might still not win the title and they might finish second to to a good Arsenal side, um, but I'm not getting those 2019-20 vibes again that that I was getting just no. after Christmas. No, but I suppose that's the problem, isn't it? Like, I think I've written the exact same line in both my articles after the Villa and the Arsenal game. But like, that's the problem with consistency. You just don't in, with inconsistency. Sorry, you just don't realize. You don't know if it's. You don't ever know if it's gone. Yeah. Like you, you, like, but you're right. Now it feels like it doesn't feel like 1920 anymore. It feels like all the other seasons, and it's just like, oh yeah, okay, City are going to go and win the league now. But who knows? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe they were switched on for that massive game. And then you know they go, oh, okay, it's Forest, whatever. Forest and then, way and one nil. Yeah, but I mean that's that is a very not, that is a very unlike city to do that. But you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I can't sit here and say this is what's going to happen. But yeah, I maybe I'm wrong to feel this. But like you, I, I don't I don't get those kind of vibes anymore. It feels like it feels like something has changed. Um, but maybe that's just you know the one result because beating Villa at home. Um, it can happen. Obviously, the, there was a bit of context in terms of the the Premier League charges and the the fans being fired up and stuff. And you know, just scoring from a corner after four minutes is always going to help. Yeah, um, it's 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 funny that we didn't do a podcast after the Villa game, obviously, because Guardiola saying the second half was better than the first is one of the maddest things he's ever said. <laughs> yeah, I was I I was baffled by that in the I was, uh, when I saw it afterwards. I was trying to put this in a tweet without making myself sound like a bigger dickhead than I am. But I was like, look, I, obviously, I'm not saying I'm on the same wavelength as Guardiola because I'm just, just, I've, it's just obviously that is not the case. It's just not the case. But obviously, a lot of my job is generally like, well, I could sit and say, well, this is crap, or this is crap, or this is crap, or why does he do this, or why does he do that? But if I can actually explain why, you know, a couple of years ago they put loads of crosses into the box because it never seemed to work, did it? But yeah, I yeah, actually, yeah. I would actually like get a reason for it and say well this is the reason so people know and it was the same kind of thing with inverted wingers and Rodri and Gundogan and now you know this season it's been Grealish and Mahrez obviously they picked themselves now but you know a month ago it, it needed more dis- describing and, and patience and control and I'm always kind of trying to explain those things and generally I've got a good feel for oh yeah Guardiola will not like this or he'll love that or whatever um, but when he said the second half was better than the first. I genuinely thought he'd said the wrong words. And I was like... Absolute middle wicket sort of territory, that one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I was like, I'll, I'll get the mic and I'll say, oh, you said uh, the second half was better than the first. Like, did you mean that? But then he carried on and he carried on and he explained it. I spoke to somebody about it. He said he thinks it's because they fixed something with their pressing on the right-hand side between Rodri and Mares, and it stopped Luca, Luca Dean being able to switch the play so often. So I think he was happier with that. 
But I mean, but, I mean Villa had they, so many chances, not so many, so they, but like they spent the entire second half chances. looking like they were going to concede a second one. <laughs> yeah, and did that thing where he was just crouching down in his technical area, thinking like, "Oh Jesus, they're going to score." Like that happened like three or four times, and obviously, like for the first fifteen minutes, it was just a classic parade of how can you mess up a counter attack, featuring all these amazing players, <laughs> and then and then they scored. And then it was just messy and City were just kind of... But I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if he if he prefers the second half to the first, because the last 20, 25 minutes or half an hour was just City passing the ball around, trying not to lose, then this is way too far gone. You know, as much, as much as I've kind of said, look, this is how he believes they need to play now. And I'm kind of on board with it because, you know, who am I to argue? Like, if he feels that passing out a game against Villa when you're 3-1 up and you blitz them in the first half and they didn't really have any chances is better than that, the first half, then, Jesus, we really need to look at this. But yeah, I don't know. I think it was it the, does, the it does also thing, come, apparently. Yeah, it does also come with the context of a, of a key game at Arsenal in the midweek after, though. So I'd, I'd like bit of that in bit of that thrown in there as well no not no yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no risks sort of thing for for several players i don't know uh, I don't, you, well yeah you, he took off diaz at half time didn't he and then you think well he's obviously gonna play against arsenal yeah and now i guess i guess he's back in now and good yeah and uh, about time too because it's uh, we've seen uh we, we, we've seen a difference in in certainly city's stability when he's been inside looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You won't have seen this, Sam, because it was on uh, the Amazon coverage, but uh, Harlan said to Amazon after the, after the game that Pep changed something at halftime. Um, and then uh, the interviewer said, oh, what was it that he changed? And maybe this is just Harlan not giving any any secrets away, but he kind of went. Yeah. I, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but like the, the the second half was was a massive improvement, and I, I I don't know. Was it simply that when Bernardo was stopped playing at left back and moved to right wing, and Ake moved out to left back, it just it City were more stable, or was it, or did it happen earlier than that? The, was that was, was the improvement in performance before that substitution? Yeah. Well, what I was trying to work out last night. Um. Because I was sat with one of our Arsenal guys, James, and he was saying he was oh that that Akanji change really helped, and I was like, I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, I've, I've been trying to work this out because we did like a live article, so I had to kind of put in some Bernardo stuff and Harlan stuff, and I was like, did that change help them? But I I had the feeling during the game that they were much better from the second half overall, like in the second half overall much better than they were in the first half and not a lot changed they just so happened to have had the chances after the goal sorry they had the chances and scored the goals after the the substitutions but I felt like it was more or less the same throughout the 45 minutes but I'm not I can't say you know when I sit here and get really like heated about stuff, even if yeah. just like, having an argument with myself I, if some if I sat down you know if I went on the overlap and Gary Neville were like Oh, they were much better after the sub because of this and this. I couldn't sit there and go, no, I think this. I'd be like, you know what? That's that's a better explanation than, than what I've got. I didn't seem to think that it, it really changed that much. And I, I wonder if a lot of that feeling of, oh, they were better after that is because they scored, obviously. But just because, as we understand football, it probably felt a bit more solid with yeah, Nathan Ake at left back. And because you didn't have a... Back a... Four. Yeah, you didn't have an attacking midfielder playing out. And he didn't have to worry about it. was on a yellow card, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's that. But again, in terms of people making cogent arguments against that, you know, just before we came on, I read an article from from Michael Cox on The Athletic, and he was saying, um, you know, he said Ali McCoist had had spotted that Bernardo wasn't in sync with the offside line 
which was very, which is very interesting. It's not certain. It's certainly nothing I, I mentioned. Michael Cox was saying his body positioning wasn't good when he went up against Saka. He 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 drew parallels to the Villa game when obviously Villa didn't have much possession and Jacob Ramsey isn't much of a dribbler, but obviously Arsenal had loads of possession and and Saka is. And then he he gave, he gave a couple of examples of like Ake dealing well at left back and you know, Bernardo doing well on the right wing. So again, it that that probably does make more sense than my just general I think they were they were fine throughout the 45 minutes but like I watched the second half back again this morning and funnily enough I got to the 60 minute mark and I thought god they, they must have just got much better after the sub because nothing happened in that first 15 minutes there was just loads of stoppages yeah and delays and injuries and you know VAR checks and whatever um but then they weren't massively better after that I I, I am I am sure Broadly, the forty-five minutes was the same, like before and after the sub. But there may have been little elements of Ake dealing with something better at left back and Bernardo doing something well on the right. But then it's like I don't think Bernardo necessarily did anything on the right that Mares couldn't have done. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I'm not sure. I I don't think I don't think that was massively pivotal. But I am like if if people. Are, like it's not even Gary Neville, it's not even Michael Cox. Literally anybody listening to this, if you think otherwise, you're probably right. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've tried. I've tried watching it back. I didn't think there was a major difference, but there's probably a lot of subtle stuff in there that, that I've not really taken into account. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see about that Bernardo one because somebody said that Guardiola suggested on like his Amazon interview that he wasn't going to do it again. But I don't know because I didn't see. That's not my reading of it. That well, was someone else's reading. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't particularly get that from it. What I got was uh, the question that Guardiola was asked was something like, um, uh, "What what what did you change at halftime? What was what what made the difference?" And he kind of he, he kind of danced around what like what he'd done. Obviously, not giving away too many too many specifics. Um, but one of the things he said was there were some problems in the first half, and then he listed a couple of things. And the last one he said was my tactics. And yeah. then it was, what did you change at half time? My tactics. So like, yeah. that, well, they changed, the, they changed like their shape out of posi- out of possession in the like, after about fifteen minutes, and the Arsenal were changing. And then at half time, City went man to man, and they were basically just doing what Arsenal did. They were they went man to man and they were aggressive. And then when he meant he mentioned that audio clip that we played, um, Bernardo being aggressive with Erdegaard, and then when Bernardo went on the right wing, it was Diaz instead. So they couldn't, he always says contact, doesn't he? Like they couldn't contact with Odegaard. I think it basically means the ball goes to Odegaard and then he brings someone else into play and you know then you know they play through them. And that's something Arsenal were really good at. It was funny actually, because after that Zinchenko mistake, which led to um, you know, Bernardo, Bernardo's pass was weird for that chance for Haaland, but I think he was trying to find De Bruyne, but De Bruyne just kind of disappeared from the scene and it went to Haaland, but not in a good position. Yeah. After that, the Arsenal fans were kind of like, there was an air of stop mucking about with it, get rid of it. I was like, you're top of the league because of this. This sort of football, and, yeah. And they were really good at doing it. Like that was where Arsenal's danger came from. There was one, there was one time fairly early in the second half. It might have been where it led to Chaka playing that overhit pass on the left. He just went out for a goal kick. It may have been that one. But Saka came back to help um, Arsenal play out from the press at kind of like Arsenal's right-back position. And as soon as he got it, it kind of instantly reminded me of that Sane goal at Arsenal a couple of years ago, which like, obviously everyone loves. And I was like, oh God, they're going like, to work the, the ball in the exact same way. They were so good at doing that. Um, and again, like that just kind of goes to show how well you know how it it just felt like the game was all like big incidents and stuff were going against City or it wasn't going to be City's night and Arsenal were just so good at sticking to that despite the fans kind of wanting them to stop doing it and then yeah for City to stick at it and obviously the third goal won the ball back high up and just did that intensity to be there and pounce on the loose balls and that aggression you know when Guardiola talked about they were more aggressive to to Odegaard and stuff like that yeah like we said earlier that base level was there in the first half it was just kind of applied better in the second half I guess. Yeah, that uh, that third goal as well. You mentioned Gundogan before. Um, oh, he's so good, isn't he? That I, I I want to I want to give him an absolute uh, just a moment on the show because there was a special uh, j- just a, like a special word for for what he did in that goal. 
because there's a moment in the build-up to that goal where you look at it and knowing City as you do, you go, I can see what they're going to do here. And Gundogan takes a second touch and I'm thinking, get it through. I, I, was, like, I was like, get it through. De Bruyne has made the run. Get it like, mm. play him in. And Gundogan takes another touch and then plays it. And that touch means De Bruyne can get it across first time. And like, I just, just to, to a, a layman like me watching that goal, thinking uh, like, I can, I, I knowing what they're what they're going to want to do, the delicacy with which that Gundogan played that that initial pass into De Bruyne's feet, just like, honestly, utterly perfect. Yeah, I believe you call that Pauser, my yeah. friend. Yeah, and our work here is done. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, it's like I, I can't, and not only that, even after Harlan's touch, and he kind of he, he probably took it further away from himself than he intended to. And I was still like, he's going to score. Yeah, it was such a weird goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it's like, like, the heaviest touch, not smooth finish. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. See yeah. Later. And I, it's like, like it's, it, it's, you know, you know, sometimes where I always say it about the Aguero goal in, in 2012, um, you, you go like, at what point in the build up to that goal did you know he was going to score? And it's always really, really late in the move. Whereas Haaland, like the second that that ball's bounced off his foot and he's like, escaping from him. I'm still thinking, oh, he's, he's obviously nailed this. Like, I'm, I'm thinking he scored that like, at the point where De Bruyne picks up the pass. It's like, it's a really, really weird sensation. That It was like I could see the future. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I, like, right, I, don't, okay. I don't know how it works, but like, I, I, I just... It was it was a it was an incredible goal, all built from that extra touch that Gundogan took. I'll tell you what as well. Um, I don't know if that... I don't know if Harlan needed that or just the narrative needed that, but I thought it was important for him to score in a game like that because I'd, I'd seen a couple of graphics floating around of Haaland away at the big six. Oh, is he a stat like, No touches. Already? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that kind of th- that kind of stuff. Like away at the big six, no touches, you know, barely any touches in the box, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And, but I mean, did we kind of touch on that the other week? It was like, it's almost, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but this whole kind of, you know, City are trying to gel Harlan into the team and a lot of it is slowing the game down and control and patience and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like when Guardiola goes away to a big team like that who he's worried about in all areas, you know, defensively and on the break and whatever. He goes for even more slowing the game down and even more control. But as we've seen at United, as we've seen at Spurs, they kind of, they can't find him because presumably they're being told, don't lose this ball. And then even when an opportunity comes up to pass to him, they're thinking, oh, I better go wide and keep it. And then you just think, well, that just adds up to City not playing very well and Haaland just not getting looking. But then it's like, yeah, you just you just don't need next time City play a, a team in the big six away from home. It's like, is that even going to happen now? Or is it done? It's done now, isn't it? Don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's done. Yeah, well, um, well, that's nice. Um but you just don't you don't want to see those graphics like or you know even go, hang, hanging over him into next season. I oh, know he scored fifty Premier League goals last year, but he didn't score any away at the Big Six. You know, what I mean? you don't need that. Um, so for him to to do that, um, but again, like there was a there was a stat from um, the Villa game. He had six touches against Villa, but he just felt so much more involved in the game, didn't he? Because they were playing those long balls over their high line, and yesterday, like it's it's similar to the FA Cup game they play the long balls up to him because you know, to go over the, the aggressive man-to-man pressing but it's not like him winning the headers is the important thing no 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 He's, yeah, he yeah, either yeah. needs to mean. stop yeah. them winning it like uh, Tommy Asso obviously made the mistake for the first goal but um, he threw was it Saliba that time for the first one and the header went backwards and it put Arsenal in a difficult situation but like the in the first game in the FA Cup when he he got dragged down after about 40 seconds didn't he but the ref didn't give a foul but they played the long ball to him and I think he just held off holding to the extent where the ball just ran in behind him and that was how he won the penalty it wasn't from a long ball but it was the same thing it was like if you can if you can not touch this ball and you can stop the defender from touching it and the ball runs in behind I'll get they, are in a, yeah. they are in a world of trouble yeah. and it's like he didn't touch that ball did he for the penalty like that didn't go down as a touch. Yeah, he wasn't. Inter- he he been, wasn't interfering he until he got fouled. If he hadn't <laughs> been, yeah, if he hadn't been slightly offside, then that's like a major impact on the game. And kind of like the thing of against Villa, you don't really notice he only had six touches, but he just felt so much more involved. And again, it's like, um, 
it's a weird one because it's almost like I'm trying to have my cake and eat it. Because I have said, and it is definitely a thing this season, that City aren't as good with Haaland in the team. They're, you know, they're, they are less fluid. But I think I've kind of caveated that with, well, it's a process. And the thing is, with Grealish and whoever else, I always say in the first season, it's the first season, why are we judging them? Because they've got to adapt to City. The problem now, or the, the thing now is, the whole of the city are adapting to Haaland. So it's almost like you can't really judge them too harshly now because this time next year is probably not going to be a problem. Yeah. I always say that about the new signings. And I, I, funnily enough, I didn't say that about Phillips in a recent article, but that's, you know, if it was my opinion, I'd say give him time. But, and you know, on this occasion, it's not my opinion. No, people at City want him to, you know, get a kick up the arse, basically. Um, but generally, it's like, this isn't going to be an issue in a year's time why are we even talking about it and I kind of feel like that with Haaland but I do have to say it is a big thing this season they're not as slick and fluid and complete as they were because they're going into a new stage and that's fine but also I want to be protective over Haaland in the sense that don't start coming for him with stupid out of context stats about touches and goals and shit like that because it's not his fault yeah yeah, I um, I I just looked at the league table, and when you say big six, that city have got to go away to. Do Brighton count? They're currently in the top six. Um, All right, got yeah, that's Brighton. But I mean, but, it doesn't it, count. You know what I mean by the big six? But yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is a that is a difficult game. Also, we were talking about the fixture list on the way back last night, and that is. Does that clash with an FA Cup weekend? I'm not so sure. That could get but moved to later in the season. It's also reminded me. I looked at the table, and they've been away now. They're obviously top of the table. They've been away to second, third, fourth, and fifth: uh, Arsenal, United, Newcastle, and Spurs. Uh, however, they still have to go away to sixth: Brighton, seventh: Fulham, mm. eighth: Brentford. Uh, on the last, Brentford's day last of the game season. of the season, yeah, you don't want to be trying, you don't want to be having to win the title at Brentford. To be fair, it's one of those, isn't it? Like it's easy to say now. Um, if if it comes down to it, and City need to win at Brentford to win the league they'll win. It's easy to say now, and if you asked me three days before that, I'd probably be a lot more on the fence about it, but it's like, they can't get that close and not let it happen. But Brentford is arguably the worst game possible. For the final day as well. For Just, just, yeah. to, just to have to win, basically, but for the final day, yeah. Because um, it's not even like, anyway, I mean, there's no point in getting into that. Is it? I was going to say, it's not even like they just give up, but I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It might not even be relevant. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> the last game game's Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, look at us. Ten days ago, we were saying, forget it. Well, in fact, no, I was saying, maybe they win the league by being really inconsistent. And, you know, it's, I mean, maybe that still happens. And now we're just kind of like, oh, uh, what? on what day are they going to be given the trophy? <laughs> oh, it's a bit, it's a bit fickle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Also, Guardiola was asked uh, what impressed him most about the performance, whether it was the character and the spirit shown after halftime or whether it was the team's ability to go and solve problems. This is what he said. We started half. Uh, the, the game was half-half. And after we scored a goal for a situation for Tomias when Kevin make a good finishing. And from there, pff, it, just, it was one team on the pitch. It was Arsenal. We could not play. Just long balls. Everyone did a move. Everyone did a wanted. In these type of games, you have to keep the ball two or three touches, be impressed, but you have to keep it. Like Erling has done, midfield players and everyone, we were not able to do it today. Just Jack, uh, a little bit Riyad, but especially Jack. And in that moment, we conceded a penalty, like still I didn't see it, but anyway. And after the potential penalty, and after the chance in the free kick, then whatever, and in previous maybe times we were uh, disappointed in the complaint. Still, we were there. We were there in the game, 
and because it's not easy to play against them. The build-up they have is really good. Jorginho, Alex, uh, when contact with Shaka, uh, with uh, with Odegaard, and the, the, the pace and the threats from Martinelli, Saka. So always is so so dangerous. And I think we we were in the game. We're still in the game. And at the end, the quality of the players make the difference. There we have it. So uh, two things. Uh, first off, that was where he singled out uh, Grealish for for praise. Uh, and second off, you've time travelled in this show because uh, you remembered him saying that uh, and referenced a clip yeah. that we hadn't played yet. So there we go. Right. <laughs> but yes, that's, that, that, yeah, that, that's where he said about right, uh, about um, about contact with Erdegaard anyway. Uh, but yeah, interesting that he singled out uh, Grealish in in that first half and uh, and Harland for oh, so good uh, for holding holding <laughs> up the ball. Which is really good, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he also mentioned De Bruyne's finish, so let's have a word on on him because he looks he he looked more like his old self last night. Oh, sorry, I, <laughs> I, for some reason I thought you were going to go into a, a clip. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, basically, he wasn't as horrifically bad as given given stupid <laughs> balls away. Um, but no, like like I said earlier on, in terms of just that base level being switched into the game, it was that. Um, yeah, pick the. I mean, again, I'll not, so. Let me think. Let me think. No, he doesn't. So he got, he's got one assist and one goal. Um, just out of just he just does it, doesn't he? It's out of nothing. Like how many times this season? This wasn't the case last night. But how many times times this season has he had a shocker but got like at least one assist? Um, it is it is mad how he does it. But yeah, um, he did. Um, he did improve. I was just I was just wondering. You know the whole controversy about the Spurs lineup, which I didn't have a problem with, but like most people did. And obviously since then. Like Diaz has come back in, Laporte came back in, and now he's out again. Like he can't be happy with that. Well, he isn't, but I mean, you just wouldn't be, would you? It's a weird situation with Laporte because he played really well against Villa, um, and it's like if it wasn't for him at the end of last season, City might not have won the league. Like, yeah, and he also, had so many I was, last night big injury problems. As soon as as soon as um, Akanji was getting stripped off, I was I was sitting here on the sofa thinking. This is not a game that I would be introducing Manuel Akanji into ahead of Emirate Laporte, you know. Yeah, exactly. And he like he brought on Akanji and then moved Diaz to left centre back, and it's like, um, and again, maybe he, look, there's always going to be a reason, and you know, I think part of it is just you know general Laporte when he's not playing attitude comes into it. But he said when Bernardo moved upfield, you know, it was Diaz who was aggressive to Akan to Odegaard and maybe he's thinking well I need somebody on the left of the back to the the centre backs to go and be aggressive and Diaz is better at that than Laporte which he is you know Laporte's better at many things than Diaz but Diaz is their most aggressive centre back so maybe he did it for that reason but I mean there's no way Laporte can be happy with with this situation um, and yeah it's just it's a bit of a shame isn't it because he, he played through injury at the end of last season really really needed him he was brilliant Needed surgery in the summer, missed loads of the season, and now can't get a game for love nor money. But yeah, it's I'm I'm sure people who said that Guardiola should have played those players at Spurs now feel vindicated. Um, I wonder if De Bruyne being left out of the team has helped spark something in him, though. Um, I think Diaz, I don't know. I think it would have been difficult to bring him back in at Spurs, especially if you had a Kanji and Ake who who you trusted. But either way, now he is back, and I think Diaz has got to stay in. You wouldn't want to see him brought out against Forest now for whatever reason like Diaz has got to stay in I feel like um, I feel like Diaz needs the momentum as well after injury that he, I, I think, think he one, just needs yeah, a one, well. one of them does well I say one of them does like Akanji's had loads of momentum in terms of being picked but Ake's got it as well yeah I was I was, well, was going to say like Akanji he's had the momentum but you know if he missed a couple of games now I personally wouldn't mind care whatever um, but Ake definitely has He's he's been great um, it's interesting now, but I guess I mean who knows? But I guess he'll start at left back, and then but then you got Diaz and Akanji possibly setting the back at, at Forest, or maybe he carries on with the Bernardo thing. Um, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, um, yeah, we kind of joked earlier in the season, didn't we? Like with City's five centre backs, we were like, who's who's the worst of City's five centre backs now, and why is it Diaz? Because like, he hadn't <laughs> he hadn't he hadn't been having a good season, and obviously he's had injury problems recently, but. Yeah, he was. He's been. He's been good since he, he came back at the weekend, and he was. He was very good last night. And yeah, obviously on the same the same thing with De Bruyne. I do wonder if being taken out of the team kind of helped spark something in him. Um, but you'd like to think now that something has sparked in them. And it, it's in, it's interesting, isn't it? Because 
like narratives get applied to things even if it's not necessarily the case. But I do wonder if City win the title, will it be put down to the Premier League charges? Like, is it going to come down to that? I don't know. I don't think. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that has sparked the reaction in the players that we've seen. You know, the the kind of just the the aggression and the intensity from last night. But it definitely changed things outside, didn't it? You know, in yeah. terms of the fans, the fans were pissed off at the t- team and the the manager after Spurs. Really, you know, if you were annoyed about anything, it was not playing De Bruyne or not playing Diaz or whatever, or you know, too much control and get the ball up to Haaland, blah blah blah. All of a sudden, it's the Premier League and it's Javier Tebas or whatever again, and that that really helped. Um, but yeah, I wonder, I wonder yeah. what's going to be the biggest element of uh, this because the biggest element of the season is these attitude problems after Christmas. Yeah. And then I wonder I wonder what the biggest element in fending them off has been. But to be fair, Guardiola said, didn't he, after the Villa game, he said the last week, 10 days, they'd been behaving better in training. Um, and he, he was asked about that again on Tuesday and then to an extent again after the game. And I, I've spoken to someone who, who knows him and he was I was like, does he genuinely believe this? Because, you know, if Guardiola's dictating what we think about their attitude, he could say anything. He could say, no, they're shy or, oh, they're brilliant and it not necessarily be the case. Because, you know, after that Spurs game when I was like, oh, they they were so good there and they were they were brave in the first half and then Guardiola was like, all these intangible things that you'd never notice. Like, if that's just down to him, he, he could dictate anything. So I asked somebody, I was like, does he genuinely think that, you know, everything's much better now? And, because he could easily just like say, oh yeah, don't stop talking about that basically. But no, he does. Like, so that's something's obviously changed before those Premier League charges, but yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helped, kind of fan base wise and media wise. Everyone went into that game thinking, "How is City going to react to these Premier League charges?" Whereas, can City bounce back from being really poor against Spurs? Like, it, it was a very subtle but important shift. Yeah, well, as uh, as Diaz might say, we fight on bicep emoji. Um, <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> uh, one of the big things uh, in the system this week has been uh, the latest in the long line of auxiliary left backs that City have used. We talked already about Bernardo a little bit. It's uh, a journey that begins at Fabian Delph. It goes through Alexander Zinchenko and Joao Cancelo. Uh, stops by Rico Lewis on the way and then does reach Bernardo Silva in the last couple of games. Um, Guardiola was asked about uh, why he's been doing that this week. This is what he said. I use it as an extra time. I use it many times in our career here I just say thank you for the you know for the commitment to try to do it but normally this extra time and normally we use it with him with Alex when use it sometimes inside with uh, with Arsenal sometimes outside against men to men didn't use it you know you cannot have this process but Bernardo has something special in terms of personality character and you know start the left back finish with the right winger it means how good they are as a player he doesn't play normally the players in which position I'm central back no, he played football. He understands to play in any position because he's so smart. And um, yeah, he did it really well. I just think of that evolution of man sort of uh, image <laughs> where, you know, each of those players gets through to the last one, but it, like, it just doesn't look right with Bernardo Silva being the last one. <laughs> no, it feels like he's gone back down and got, got shorter again. Yeah. Also, I, could, I feel like he could kind of do that with just him. You know, that dribble he did at Anfield last season where he, just kind of <laughs> where he ran through everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like he could have a different picture, that like different silhouette. Of like six or seven different ones of those, and this is all Bernardo Silva pointing in different directions. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's uh, again many things have changed in the years that we've been doing this podcast, Sam. But the City's need to go out and sign a left back is not one of them. Um, it's been a constant throughout all of our all of our time. Uh, what what do you make of this latest solution? And as you said uh, earlier, do you it, it, do you feel like Guardiola has finished the experiment with it, or do you think it might carry on into the Forest game and and beyond to Leipzig? Well, obviously, do you remember what I said about the Chelsea away lineup when didn't work, did it? Like Guardiola said, it didn't work, um, and a lot of people didn't like it. But I kind of liked the theory behind it. I've, I won't go into it again because I presume if you listen to this, probably going to have heard me say it before. But I like the theory about it. it was a lot to like. You had wide wingers, you had Foden in the team, you had Haaland in the team. Cancelo was given width. Obviously, long, long, a lot of things have changed. Four midfielders, three at the back, and that was kind of what they had at, at the weekend. Obviously, the wingers was different. But they had the four midfielders and, and three defenders. And there's your extra man. You know, you just don't pick a defender. Um, and, like, yeah, I, I like I like it. I liked it against Villa. Uh, like I said earlier, I might be wrong, but I, I didn't hate it too much against Arsenal. 
But then it's like, you're not going to be playing Arsenal all the time. And maybe, you know, if you're worried about Forrest and, you know, Forrest playing on the break and being physical or whatever, maybe you don't do it there. But if you're worried about it, you probably wouldn't do it at Arsenal. And I kind of feel like, okay, yeah, if he, if he wasn't keeping up with the defensive line, not great. If his body position wasn't good, not great. But I feel like I like it. And why not try and play it in more? Like, why not try and perfect it and give it more chances to work um, than ditch it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like it. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't always work perfectly, but I don't think it's been terrible. And I don't know, maybe we don't see it against. I mean, I was going to say try it in a home game, but City aren't playing at home for about three years. Yeah. Um, but I've, I just feel like there there should be chances for that to be used again. And like like, like we said, you know, after that Chelsea game, I was like, I really enjoyed it because I feel like my whole job is kind of breaking down what's happening in the season and trying to explain little bits of it. And you know, I was like, we're halfway through the season and we're still looking for answers. But like this whole. And when Guardiola said, we've had an extra man in the last 18 months playing a false nine. Now the extra man is in the box, so we've had to adapt. And the whole season's about that. And then kind of hijacked by the attitude stuff. But the whole tactical issue is that and not having the extra man, not having the false nine. But if you can get the extra man from Bernardo cropping up in midfield from left back, it sounds like a great solution. And it might maybe it's not been the most polished so far, but I'd kind of... If I had the choice of, do you want to ditch that and never see it again? Or do you want to see Guardiola keep trying it and try and make it really work, it work until the end yeah. of the season? I'd go with that. Yeah. Um, let's finish this week, Sam, with uh, a bit on Haaland because uh, he's now on 26 Premier League goals, which would have been enough for the Golden Boot in 18 of the previous 30 Premier League seasons. Uh, there's only 12 more Premier League seasons to beat now. Uh, eight more goals to catch up with Alan Shearer and Andy Cole's record of 34. Uh, they were both in 42-game seasons as well. He needs six mm-hmm. more to overtake the record for a 38-game season. We focus on his goals a lot, um, but Guardiola was impressed with his overall performance. This is what he said. That was brilliant. I would say one of the best for the fact we should play more than him, we told him. So we have to contact in the first step. So central defenders to Rodrigo Gundo or to Kevin to, to sorry, to Rodrigo Bernardo, to Kevin to Gundo, you have to find wing as a striker. So we have to use more direct, not with the long ball for the pass. The problem in the first half just was long balls. It was not a pass to the last line. And that we we struggle a little bit and help us in that position. When the people complain because no hat trick every time, it's for the standards. And I know what I'm talking about. So when the standards is here, always you can rise. But when your standards 26 goals in so far in a few games, the people expect is always is going to happen. Like the people expect we're going to win the Premier League every single season. So we are not going to win the Premier League every single season. We can lose it this one. What we want is fight for that. And if, if not given to them, if you want the crown, okay, fight for that. And if you want it, it's because you deserve it. And we want it still there to try to do it. And today, in many things, in the, how, in the bad moments we were on the game, we were not, oh my God, now it's not there. Everyone was really, really focused in a good action, a bad action, that's happened. And the second half we turned over. And the second half we, we, were, we were much, much better. Now, I don't want to go in on um, kind of. I, I was getting frustrated by Carragher and Neville uh, during the Spurs game with the whole just get like he's made the run, just play it. He's made the run, just play it sort of thing. Um, but I do feel like the Villa game and uh, especially the Arsenal game were examples of get the ball in and around Haaland, in and around the space behind the uh, the, the opposition defence, and he causes problems. Because the, the number of times where, you, like, like I think you were saying before, he doesn't even need to touch the ball. And, you know, you can you can have a situation where Haaland is suddenly ploughing through on goal. That That is causing teams problems, and it, it looks like yeah. City are, are getting closer to finding their Haaland solution, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of it is because... Um... You know, Villa and Arsenal play with high lines, so it's easier to look for that. And it's kind of you have to look for it against Arsenal because, you know, the man-to-man marking going over the top yeah, yeah. a lot of times. So, yeah, um, it'd be interesting again with... Um, I'm trying to think of the games coming up. Because uh, Leipzig's going to be really interesting. Because Leipzig might be another, like, spacing behind 
So that could be good. And you know, he loves scoring in the Champions League, doesn't he? So well, I mean, he, yeah. loves, he loves scoring full stop. But yeah, um, it's just it's just a process, isn't it? And you know, certain games, yeah, I think it played to his sense a bit. You know, with the high line, you can find him in behind. You know, there there'll be other games coming up where teams sit back and defend, and City struggle um, to find him in 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 some ways, but. He scored, he scored plenty of goals. There have been very, there have been some games, notable games, when he hasn't had m- many touches and not impacted the games. But you, you could count them on on one hand, and that's if you had a couple of fingers missing. Um, that's another phrase <laughs> for you. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it, it's the whole thing. The whole thing is a process. Um, yeah, it, it looks like they're they're finding him better, but like I say, the tactics probably help the opposition. Yeah. Um, but. Pfft. Like you said, with listing off those goals there, like in what world, barring injury, does he not? Does he, does he not break those, those records? records? Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, yeah, it could easily be the case where, like, it could easily be the case now where City win the league, Haaland gets like forty goals or whatever, and then the narrative is they weren't even at their, like, they weren't even at their best. <laughs> they they didn't even like fully gel with him either hypothetically until April or never and you just think well what is gonna what is gonna happen with this process when yeah. they when they do sort it out um that's scary isn't it well that's that is kind of my final question for the final show is is kind of what comes next for this season because we've we've said we've said all year that this doesn't feel like a team that can put a run together um are you getting a different vibe from the last two games now i mean because obviously you don't know that they've put a run together until after they've put a run together so it's it's hard to it's hard to say that so you've you've kind of got to go on gut instinct but i'm i'm starting to question my previous feeling that this doesn't feel like a city side that can do that yeah same um but not so much because of the last two games because you know they can beat filler at home or a team like Villa, and you can't go. Oh, okay, yeah, well, like, like I've said this about before about Liverpool. And Liverpool turned the corner now because they beat Everton. Like uh, maybe because it was a derby, and you know they were a bit more energetic or whatever. But they've beaten teams at home and not pushed on, so we don't know. But for City, the main thing is never mind Villa, but. The, the Arsenal game like just to be in a game like that against a top team to hang on to have things go against you or feel like they're going against you or both or whatever they if they hadn't have had the right attitude the right application the right effort they wouldn't have won yeah. and they did win and it was an impressive win just and don't that, mess it up that is what Morris, that is what makes me think yeah exactly that who knows who knows what's coming next but that that's what makes me think you know if they'd have if they'd have played a game last night against anyone else and they'd won you know if they'd even if they'd beaten like Brighton away, which is no I mean fate, like, so, even, yeah. You no, know, like that's what I mean. Even like I, I picked like a, a really difficult game there because you know I picked one of their remaining tough away fixtures as an example. Even if they'd beaten Brighton away, or even if they'd beaten Brentford away, I'd be like, yeah, okay, they've done really well. But I don't, I don't know. You know, they they can beat these teams. We just don't know what's coming around the corner. But to beat Arsenal. In that environment, you know that atmosphere with the players playing as they did, and on all of that, yeah, that is that is what makes me think. Okay, yeah, let's put the nineteen twenty vibes away. But again, that's the thing I've said it before. Um, you, you just you just never know. But yeah, if I had to, oh, to be honest, I always said they could could win the league anyway. But now I'm like, yeah, okay, let's um, let's go and do it. That's, yeah. that's how it feels after last night. Yeah. Right, well, that's the end of this week's Why Always Us. And as we've said recently, that's the end of Why Always Us for the time being too. I'd like to end yeah. by saying a big thank you to everyone that's listened to these podcasts since we started and also to everyone that's got involved by sending in comments and questions down the years as well. Uh, Sam, I can honestly say that I've had an absolute blast making these shows with you. So uh, thank yeah. you for putting up with all of my harebrained ideas down the last three years or so. Um, and also sometimes just being able to talk about City when I've drawn an absolute blank and said I've got nothing, help me out here. Um, so for one last time, thank you very much, Sam Lee. Yeah, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Um, look, at the end of the day, not doing the podcast, it's less work for me. <laughs> not that I put a lot of work <laughs> into it, but like, it's what? It's an hour of my week that I don't now have to do. You know, if if my boss comes to me and said, oh, you know you know that thing that you, you spend an hour on every week, you don't have to do it anymore. But like, oh, great. But I'm genuinely disappointed. I'm a bit sad, like... The bare facts of it are it's less work for me. It's not the end of the world for me at all. But I know, you know, we've got 
a, a good strong group of uh, listeners and you know, there have been comments and DMs and messages and all sorts of people who are going to be disappointed so I'll feel bad um, so yeah it's a shame I, th- I don't know I think I don't know I might do some some Twitter spaces Mooney you know I don't know like maybe maybe we'll do something together but you know I don't want to take up your time for free kind <laughs> of thing um, but I mean look we'll we'll do other podcasts together um, yeah I'm gonna I, I, I feel bad for the people who are gonna miss it so you can do Twitter spaces you can record them and listen back so maybe that's uh, my way of doing it but you know I can't I mean I could sit and speak to myself for an hour about city but i'm not going to do that i don't think because that would probably be mental so <laughs> it might just it might just be the case that it's just it's just way more listeners you know rather than um rather than you expertly leading the chat you know maybe the listeners come and ask questions yeah and, yeah and i'll do it that way um but yeah i do feel like there's a gap that, that needs to be filled um and I, I will i will try to do that um, and yeah, thanks everyone for all the support and for listening and yeah, for keeping coming back. And I mean, hopefully we can just reboot this out of the blue soon, but if not, um, we'll see you via other methods. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll still be making blue moon podcast every week as well. Uh, so if you want your city podcast fix and you're not already subscribed, go and get yourself signed up there. Sam, uh, will also join us over there a bit more often as well, since we've mm-hmm. not got our weekly catch up here too. So, uh, you'll hear us there. Uh, you'll still be able to read everything that Sam's writing on the athletic as well. Uh, I think you can still sign up with the code man city pod if you'd like to. Uh, so go and do that. We leave you with city in a good moment, having regained top spot in the premier league. And, uh, they do say always leave them wanting more. So that's where we are. They also uh, say, Sam, uh, finish on a song so uh, off you go I did actually consider singing my way earlier on (laughs) I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that cheers everyone The Athletic